Hello and welcome my partners crime. Welcome back to Murder Analyze for another true crime case. Unsolved missing again. Case 13. I can't believe I'm making 13. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been great. But anyway, this case today. Now I'm telling you, this case has got it all in it. It's got it all. This is one case that you do not want to miss. Now I looked at this case because I thought, oh Spain. And I love Spain. And there's this young girl. And I thought, right, you know, this 15-year-old, this is a lovely case. One that can show you, because I'm trying to do them from all over the world. And she was a young Irish girl that went missing. And this is Amy Fitzpatrick's case. Now, this 15-year-old from Spain. And I thought, this is good. You know, I can sort of go through this. A lot of kids go missing in Spain. And a lot of kids go missing all over the world. And then I started researching this case. And I just thought, my gosh, really. So I think, what I'm going to have to do with this case, I'm going to have to say about the facts of this case straight away about Amy's disappearance because this case has got organised crime, it's got blackmail, it's got murder of other than Amy, it or manslaughter by the end of it. Um, it's, it's got serious criminals that we're talking about here involved or you know mentioned within this case. I mean marriages, you know, I mean, you know, we're going through the whole thing here. This case, I mean, really, um, you know, even about books actually, because I was going to say you could write a book about it, but we're actually talk about a book and that as well. I'm not going to uh, listen. You're going to know by my reactions how I'm going to feel about this case, but I'm really intrigued to to once we've done this case to actually see what you actually think of this case. Because what we don't, we don't want to forget as we go through this case, because this case takes on a life of its own apart from the disappearance of Amy, really. But we have to remember here that there is a child of 15, you know, gone missing. And until this day has never been seen. Now, she went missing in 2008 in Spain. And this girl's never been seen. So I know I'm going to have to talk about them. The reason I'm going to have to talk about a lot of this stuff um, that come up with this case, um, which was eye-opening to me, is because it's relevant to bring out the full facts of this case. It's relevant. So anyway, get ready for this one. This is the disappearance of Amy Fitzpatrick. Now, this occurred on New Year's Day of 2008, even though it's probably thought that she went missing in the early hours of, or she left the property of where she was last seen at about 10 to 12 that, that night. So that was on the um, 31st of December, 2007 and her disappearance was between that sort of time and then the first, or New Year's Day, the 1st of January 2008. That's sort of the timeline that we're looking at. So listen, if remember them dates, if you was around in Malaga, Spain, because this is where this case is coming from, is Malaga in Spain, Costa del Sol. Um, it would be really interesting if you can think back and see if you'd seen this girl at all uh, on that night or yeah, the next day leading up to the her disappearance really so she had been babysitting with her fr uh, friend um, Ashley Rose um, for Ashley's brother who had a little child and they was babysitting there it was New Year's Eve people were out and about now Malaga in Spain even in Christmas and New Year very very busy area very very busy actually so there would have been a lot of people about and but again, we are talking about, aren't we, a holiday destination, a tourist destination, especially at that time of year. I'll tell you what is around in Spain at that time of year. There's a lot of pensioners, you know, old age pensioners that holiday there 
for a few months at a time. And it would be really interesting if now, if anyone like that, you know, who has seen or sighted, because sometimes they're not the ones that are actually slaughtered, you know, drunk, as most people in Spain in this area would have been. These are your more sensible people that may have just seen something. And so it was them, them the ones I'm really now calling out to. Do you remember anything from 2008 if you were in this environment in uh, Malaga? Um, and I think it's um, Fingalola, Fingarola. Uh, it, it really is important that if you remember back to that day and think about if you saw anything that evening or the next day, really important. Amy said to Ashley that she was going to leave and it was about 10 to 12, she was going home. That's what she said and that's what she did. So, you know, Ashley waved her goodbye and off she went. And that was the last time that anyone has reported ever seeing her. Now, Amy actually comes from a small town uh, in Dublin, but was living in Spain with her mother, Audrey, brother, Dean, their stepfather, I think it's David Mayen. So after babysitting with Ashley in the Riviera del Sol near Fingarola, probably got not got that right, I've actually stayed there, this is where I go, uh, Amy never returned home. Now, as I said, there's been no sightings, there's no evidence of anything ever found within connection with this disappearance. There's been no reported uh, sightings of her, but she was seen talking, I think, to an older man prior to her disappearance. Now, the Spanish police checked this one out and a few people in the bar said they thought they recognised her talking to someone on that night. So, you know, um, she may have. She may have. And that's why I've asked people to think back. It's a long time back, I know. But you just may have seen something unnoticed, something by the pictures that you've seen. Now, Audrey, um, her mother, Amy's mother, has said that that next day that she um, sort of noticed that Amy wasn't there. But you see, when you talk to Ashley, the last person to see her alive, said that she had her phone with her that night and went home. Now, as her, on her walk home, she would have gone through some rough ground, I suppose, only a few minutes, and that's all it takes, it's a few minutes, right, to be taken, that's all it takes. But Ashley's saying, well, I know, right, that she, when she went, she had her phone on her. Now, Ashley's phone, or, sorry, Amy's phone was then found in her home. So she must have made it home from babysitting that night to, with Ashley, to her own home if her phone was there. So the next evening or the next afternoon, when Ashley thought she was meant to meet up with Amy and she didn't show up, she went round there, right? So she went round now to the house. Now Audrey, Amy's mother, answered the door and said, no, that she's not here. She hadn't come home last night. The stepfather is out looking for her. Now, Amy had only been in Spain for about four years and wasn't happy in Spain either. It turns out that the mother and the boyfriend, the brother 
and Amy had gone on holiday to Spain. That's what she thought she was going to Spain for four years previously, Amy. And then, then they never returned to England or to Ireland because she was an Irish girl. They never returned there. So this girl found it very difficult to settle in. So she had very few friends there. She was quite down, quite distraught actually, um, when you sort of hear the things that she was writing in her diary because she didn't want to be there. So this is what Amy had done. So if she, if Amy had left Ashley, walked across this sort of fieldy part to get to her complex where she lived with her phone and the phone was found in the house, then Audrey the next day has not rung around anybody to find out where Ashley was, where, where Amy was. Well, she couldn't have, could she? She couldn't have phoned around because she only had a few friends. Amy only had a few friends. Then Ashley was one of her big friends, her best friends, who she would have known she was with the night before. But no one rang, did they? So listen, you know, I'm not saying anything, am I? I'm, not, I'm just saying the facts as they are. If my child had gone missing, I think if your child had gone missing, you would have rung around their friends, even though they're a small amount of friends, easier the better really. Because you are in Spain, you know, you have lived there four years, so you know the area, you know people, it's not like you didn't know anyone. You knew Amy was with someone, but you didn't check. So you didn't tell anyone really that she was missing until Ashley turns up at the door and then you say, oh, she didn't come home last night, he's out looking for her. Listen, there's some issues right from the beginning with this case, all right? There's some absolute issues with this case. So, um, as we get further into this case, this is where it now starts getting funny. So the facts of the case are that this girl, since that night, has not been seen, ever, since. But it just gets worse, really. And now this is where I think, unfortunately, it takes these twists and turns. And I think it's all these circumstances and all these extra bits that are added on here, which I'm going to have to now speak about, has took the focus really, I think, off of Amy Fitzpatrick's disappearance case. That's what it's done. Because you've opened up here a can of worms of this, you know, worms of this intrigue and stuff to make something out that is clearly not, right? It's clearly not. So anyway, let's get into the next part of this case. So now we've got Audrey and Dave, the mum and the stepfather of two of Audrey's children, right? the two children she's got, and um, that's Amy and her brother. I'm gonna talk about her brother in a little bit because it's important that we talk about that him in this case as well. Um, so they've moved these kids out to Spain, or they've moved Amy out to Spain at this, you know, she would have been 11 when she's got to Spain, wouldn't she really? Um, and it's clear that she was not happy. Now, she had a father, that Christopher, I think, in Ireland, in Dublin, that she um, really wanted to go and see, and she was let down by that. For some reason, she couldn't go, and that wasn't because of Christopher. Um, that was something from the, the Spanish end of, of why she didn't make it there. So this girl was quite down, um, you know, really with what was going on at this time. Plus, she was very, very unhappy 
it was stated living with her stepfather, Dave. Very, very unhappy. He's meant to be, you know, and I don't like to say from things, but I think we'll talk about him as we go through. And I think, listen, you're going to see this man's character um, without me telling you about it, just by the facts in this case, really. Um, so we have these people now all living in Spain. Amy's very unhappy, then she goes missing, and there's this big search in the end for her. You know, the Spanish police are doing what they can to find this girl. We're talking about an area in Spain. If you want to get rid of a body, it's very easy to do so. Uh, very hard to find anyone in that wilderness, really, because that's what some parts of it are. They usually live around the coast, but the rest of it, it's, uh, you know, there's lots of places if you was going to dispose the body. Now, um, as a girl, this girl come from a small town in Dublin, moved there, and um, with the mother, and the mother and the stepfather are really important in this case, really important because we've just spoke about the actions of the mother in the beginning, you know, Dave, and this, um, this is someone else saying this, you know, this could have been totally different, but this is from Amy, no, this is from Ashley, the last person to see Amy alive, has said that she turned up at that house, and that phone was there in that house, and Amy had that phone the night before, so if Amy had that phone and that phone was in, in her home, that means she didn't disappear on her way back home. She had then got home and she had either gone back out or something happened in that home. That's the only two, you know, scenarios really here. Because if the phone that she had on her with her friend Ashley was there, then the girl had gone home. So something has happened after that haven't they? So did she arrange to meet someone coming out of that home? Don't forget it's New Year's Eve, you're in Spain, you know, Malaga, it's party time, party time all the time there really, most of the time. Uh, New Year's Eve, it, it would have been, you know, New Year's Day, you're talking about a lot of partying going on. This girl's 15, it's not like in England or America where we have drinking laws and stuff, it's about 15, this girl looks a bit older, no one would have questioned her. Now, um, it has been said, and there's lots of trolls and God knows what else on the internet doing certain things about this case. Now, listen, it isn't true about Amy. She wasn't really a drinker. She just wasn't. It created her to have too much um, anxiety, and her friend said, no way was she a drinker. If she'd been in a bar chatting with someone, yeah, she may have had a drink, or she may have had a lemonade, she may have had something, but she wasn't a drinker. Right? This girl may have been 15, but she was not a drinker at all. So that we can rule out that this girl got drunk and, you know, we can. But what we can't rule out is what if someone put something in her drink, someone took her from there or something happened before she even left her home. That's what we can't really, I think, rule out any of it. If we have a phone now that is in her property of where she's not meant to have been, back to there's then issues there for me but let's carry on so amy's mother audrey said reported having this ransom call right now she reported having a ransom call and she said it was an african sounding man demanding 500,000 euros it was to this unregistered pre-phone a prepaid sim card um and that led to dead ends now that's the first part of this so okay now we have a girl disappeared all right, 
all of a sudden a little bit down the line we get a ransom call we want 500,000 euros from you but again you know your phone can't be traced this that and the other which you know anyone sensible would do this but it's the next parts that come to this with this case you have a person now that's saying this and this could be true you know she she they could have had a ransom call it could have been I don't think it was anything to tell you the truth that was any in any relation to this case or maybe someone trying it out but um, anyway in 2008 the lawyer who was working on this case was burgled um, no valuables or anything was stolen but only his laptop containing documents about Amy's disappearance in addition um, Amy's Nokia mobile phone was also stolen so they had her phone they had the phone in 2008 so she had her phone this is evidence here she had her phone when she was with her friend Ashley then that night babysitting she must have gone home and then left so now the crime scenes are looking from really the timeline can't start with Ashley babysitting it has to start from the home outwards doesn't it really anyway this then they tried to stay listen there's reports of this and it's linked to her disappearance someone you know wanted you know to take all this stuff so they you know could you know because there was nothing else financially taken from this lawyer's office and stuff and that's all they left behind they left things like tvs and computers and stuff behind but they didn't really they took the laptop right but I mean, the thing is, with police evidence, it was on his phone. It's only copies, right? Yes, they took the phone, haven't they? What makes me wonder, though, in 2008, at this time in this robbery, why would the lawyer have the phone? Why didn't the police have the phone? That would have surely have been evidence, wouldn't it? So listen, something in this case doesn't add up. Because if you have a 15-year-old going missing in this country or in America or anywhere else who has a phone, they found the phone, why would the lawyer have it? This just doesn't add up. A lot of this case, you know, doesn't add up. Okay, so that's the phone bit put aside. Let's put that aside for now. Tick another box because that doesn't make sense either. Nor does the 500,000 euro you know, quick phone call. But then, here comes the old gangsters coming into this now. You know, this, this now gets interesting, doesn't it? So they were saying, right? Or it was reported, and it was reported by them, because someone told them, they said, that this Irish, or alleged, I'm gonna say alleged, because I don't know when they come back. I mean, Irish gangsters, thank you very much. So this um, alleged Irish gangland killer, Eric Lucky Wilson, murdered her. Now, I've researched Eric Lucky Wilson and I think Eric should be dropping the name Lucky because he's serving a very long stretch in prison at this moment, so I think we can drop the Lucky bit out of it. So let's call him Eric Wilson for now, shall we? Now, listen, I've had to look up Eric 
and um, because when you you know you start doing it and you think it's going to be a quick case and we're just going to highlight a missing girl and then all this comes into it I have no option but to now to research everything around in this case now I've read and I've researched about Eric and I can tell you now that yes Eric Wilson is a hitman he is an absolute hard as nails cold as ice killer that's what he is he is and he admits it actually he's in prison for it but what Eric or Eric Lucky Wilson at that time uh, is not is a child killer he is not there's nothing actually in his history at all or any of his cousins or his brothers or whatever else that go around and kill 15 year old children at all so Audrey had said now this is Amy's mother had said that this man um, had she had been told by another gangland member you know that he had done this to her child so now listen we have we've brought now serious you know organized crime into this because this man come from a very large you know dublin based gang right very serious serious crime gang now you're bringing these people into um, a disappearance of a child which doesn't look good yes i'm not saying that eric is not mad or and bad you know he's this bloody psychopath to tell you the truth but he's not known and never has been known to do anything to children right so are we saying now then or is audrey saying now that this was a paid hit because if he's been linked to this he doesn't do it for free right he's a hitman he does it for money or he will demand drugs from you and want them drugs and if you don't pay up he's going to kill you too this is what this man is like really i mean this man actually even killed his best friend over a drug deal gone wrong if you owe these people money this is what you're getting into now for some reason there is links between dave you know the stepfather um to this i don't know if they're linked specifically to this uh, syndicate um, coming out of Dublin or so what I've read um, so now we have this man now you can say he's very pissed off about you know being brought in to this case now as I said to you earlier the Costa del Sol or the Costa del Crime as we like to say in England and it's the thing because listen lots and lots of criminals from England go to Spain and you know in spain it's a lot cheaper than here you can live like a king can't you well these have loads of money they've made their money through crime this that and the other they go there and they live their life because they want a quiet life living there no one in organized crime wants to rock the boat either they just don't that's not what happens really they like to keep low pro profiles of course they do so would they be connected with a disappearance of a 15 year old listen yes you can't say no no one within this criminal you know um area um because well it is a criminal whoever's done this to this kid but are they linked to this ganglang you know gang gangland um sort of organizations you know this these people that do this sort of thing for a living do hits for a living 
Uh, now I don't think in this case uh, they have anything to do with it. I think they would have kept as far away from this as possible, really. But she, uh, Audrey had said that she put this forward as with everything else that's come out in this case, that this man had or was responsible for taking and disposing of her daughter. Now, you could write a book, couldn't you, about it? Well, let's not bother writing a book about it because Audrey's already wrote one. So, and now in that book, there's a lot in that book actually, I haven't read it, I'm just not even going to bother reading it, but you know, it's out there, I haven't, but what she does say and the extracts I've looked for is that she recants now saying anything about Eric Lucky Wilson in that he had nothing to do with it, I've made a mistake, right? So there's a lot of backtracking in that, you know, but um, listen, Again, this is what keeps coming back to when you're putting all this stuff in a book and you're doing all this stuff You're not really highlighting the disappearance of your child. Are you not really? Not really, but that's just my opinion. I want to know what you think about that, but so far. Oh my god And don't think it's over. We're not even halfway through what goes on in this case because next is the murder of Dean Amy's brother so in um, a, a short while after Amy went missing, Audrey and Dave moved back to Ireland. You know, I don't know what timeline we're talking about here, but um, I, I don't know. You know, for me, I would, um, if my child was missing in Spain, I don't know if I could leave. I, I don't know. They'd already set up a life there. They'd been there four years. It's not like they were just on holiday and had to return. They had a life there. and But they returned to Ireland. Anyway, that's, that's what they did. Now, in 2000, in May 2013, Dean um, Fitzpatrick spoke to his biological father, Christopher, who was also in Ireland, and how he told Christopher that he had evidence that could capture Amy's killer. Now, the same month, Dave, the stepfather, stabbed Dean to death in an in a, um, apartment block in Dublin. Oh yeah. Now, Dave, the stepfather, has said that, he, that, that this was an argument that went wrong. Uh, and uh, he killed the boy. He killed the boy. So now we have Audrey, don't we, who has her daughter that has gone missing. In 2008 and in 2013 we have her son you know biological son that was murdered whatever you want to call it manslaughter because this is what it was dropped to manslaughter I've explained manslaughter to you before their son Dean was killed by their stepfather Dave in this ensued argument and David said it was in self-defense but he did Die. Dean died. Now, Dave um, was convicted of this in 2016, um, and I think he, he was charged with murder, dropped to manslaughter, and um, he got seven years, but he was out after five, and we spoke about this all before. Now, just before this trial of Dave was coming up of the murder or the manslaughter of um, Dean, Audrey and Dave married. They married. 
Now listen, they have been together for many, many years before that, right? Very long time they've been together, living this common law. They'd lived in Spain, they'd lived in, a, you know, Ireland together. So you would think nothing of them getting married, would you really? Okay, you've lost a daughter, you've been trying to find this daughter and, and um, Dave has been well known for doing flyers and stuff to find this girl. But just before you go to trial for the manslaughter of your stepson, you marry. Now listen, right? It happens, doesn't it? We could say it's, you know, convenience. Listen, I had someone here and he, he won't mind me telling you. Right? He won't mind me telling you this. This man had spent, the man that I'm talking about, about 27 years in prison throughout his life. And he's, a, you know, actually he's a lovely lad, makes me laugh all the time. But he rang me up one day, about three weeks ago, and he said to me, can I ask you a question? I just need a bit of legal advice. I said, yeah, sure. He said, um, can, I got married when I was on the run, um, does that make it legal? So anyway, we went through this sort of stuff, and I was like, I said, oh, I thought you, because he said, I want to get divorced, you know. So I said, oh, I thought you was um, already divorced. He said, no, that was my first wife. I only married her because I was, you know, she, I didn't want her to give evidence against me. Now, I'm not saying in this case that it's the same thing, but because of the timeline, of it and this man has just killed your son this boy is dead right with a knife because of this ensued argument and even though he says it's it's um, self-defense that you're still going to marry this man now I don't want to judge anyone I don't want to be seen as judging anyone there's a lot of stuff in this case that just doesn't add up isn't there you know you have now one family where you have a 15-year-old daughter, Audrey's daughter, 15-year-old, disappeared, 2008, never been seen again. You know, then we have these random, you know, demands for money and stuff, you know. Then we have this gangland stuff put into the mix. Then in 2013, in Dublin, we have the death of Audrey's son. Dean Fitzpatrick, the age of 23, killed by the stepfather. And then just before he goes to trial in 2016, you marry. You know, I, I, listen, this, I, don't, I don't mean to come across as this person that is, you know, slating people or slagging people off because this woman, if they had nothing to do with this, in any of this um, disappearance of Amy, um, then they, she has lost a child. But, my gosh, you know, um, there's some issues here, isn't there? Then you wrote a book about it, really to sort of say and counteract what you said before. You know, it's just there's a lot in this case for me that doesn't add up, really. It's just a lot. Um, listen, do I believe that, you know, this man could have done anything to Amy? I don't know. Do I believe the mother could have done anything to Amy? I don't know. Do I think the brother could have done anything to Amy? Don't know. But the brother obviously knew something because he was going to tell. And this is what Christopher the father is saying now. Because this man has lost both his children. Both his children. 
This man is devastated. Both kids lost within a matter of years. Shocking, isn't it, really? So listen, why in jail, in, in jail you know, in prison, uh, Dave gets the bit of a beating and, and everything in there now. We've, we don't know what that's for. It's probably might have something to do with Eric. You never know, right? Because when you go around and you say things about, you know, gangland, you know, serious criminals, that we've, we've, you know, who know many, many people, uh, and you've, you've tried to blame them or say something about them, and all of a sudden you've ended up in prison, you know, lots of things can happen. But Dave said, um, no, he fell over in the shower, even though he had fractures and God knows what else. Um, because really, if he hadn't have said that and he had said something else, he would never have said anything again. So, but this is this case, isn't it? This case is just, so we've had, really, a missing girl. We've had gangland um, murders, hitmen in this case. We've had marriages and, you know, we're, the only thing we ain't had is a divorce. Well, I suppose we have had divorce because um, Audrey and Christopher were divorced. So we've had, you know, deaths, marriages and births, didn't we, really? We've just had it all in this case. But all this, you see, all this bullshit, really, that these people have been spewing out has taken away from the fact that a 15-year-old child went missing in Spain in 2008 in Malaga that's what all this is took away from right if this woman decides that this is the man she loves and she wants to be with him even though she's he's killed her child the son at least we know he's done that whether he says it's by accident or whatever that's what's happened that's her choice but I think when you when we read all this stuff and we're expected then to believe that there is no connection at all here with Amy, I just, I don't know, I don't know, what are you trying to do here, it's my question I think, the focus should be on, yes they've hired the same investigators that investigated Madeline McCann, so what, they never found anything either, did they, you know, really, you, you know, you've got the money for that, you've come back and forward to Ireland now after you've got married, you know, you've gone to Spain for two weeks. He had to get a special license to go to Spain for two weeks because he was just about to go to prison. Or to, or literally, he was meant to go to trial. I don't know how this country has even let this man leave to go to Spain in case he didn't come back, right? But you've let this, they let Dave go to Spain because he wanted to hand out 5,000 leaflets for Amy's disappearance. So good for them, right? Good for them. But I think what all this case does is really highlight what's wrong in an investigation and how much all this other stuff can hinder the investigation when it comes to actually really looking for a child that is missing. Now her friend um, Ashley has said she believes that she is dead and so do I. I think that night that was it. She was gone. We don't know any circumstances. It's all theories, right? So that's what it is. That's all I can say. We just don't know. She was the last person to see her alive. She doesn't believe that she ran off to start a new life because this woman had, this young girl had nothing. She didn't know enough people in Spain. Did she go into a bar that night, start chatting, meet someone that literally took her and murdered her? Because this, there's been nothing of this girl since. 
you know, and all these other allegations and everything else have got in the way of that. Do I believe that any gangland members or syndicates in Ireland or anywhere else in Spain had anything to do with the disappearance of Amy? No, I do not. I think it's all a load of crap, really. I really do. I think we have a clear case here of we have a missing person with no evidence at all to who may have done this. Really, we do not. We do not. Uh, so I don't know what else to say about this case apart from it's been an eye-opener, this case, for me. You know, it really has. Um, it's, an, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? We can't judge people on how we would behave and do things, I suppose, um, when our child goes missing. But I think, you know, we, you know are we in such a judgmental society that, um, you know, when someone marries a man that's killed your son, um, you know, is it is it wrong for us to think that, oh my God, that's, that's bad? No, I think it's normal. I think the majority of people, I personally, not would I even be able to marry the man? I don't, I'd even be able to look at this man again ever. Ever, you know, I could have even ended up in prison myself if you think about it. But, you know, when we are talking about crimes like this, where other stuff then take away from this young girl's disappearance, I think that's a quite a sad thing. So let's bring it back to Amy Fitzpatrick now, young 15-year-old who's gone. If you have any information, please, please, please say something. Please, please, please do it. Because I think without people coming forward, this case will never be solved. Never. And that's a real shame, isn't it? So thank you for watching. Till the next time. Bye-bye.